with another episode of the JR Takes Sportscast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Rogers. And alongside him, Jonah Hoffman. And uh, Ryan, what would you think about the past week for uh, football, baseball? We got the preseason kicking off. Some guys looked great, some guys not so much. What do you think about uh, the overall matchup? Well, I just think this time of year is one of the best for sports, even though it's preseason for the NFL, like just to have something to talk about with that sport that's not like, oh, did you hear that player like went to Kmart or something? Because the sports news is so dumb in the offseason. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't get to watch the whole preseason game, but I've looked at enough highlights that I pretty much saw everything I needed to see. Um, from the preseason game of the Seahawks versus the Steelers. And honestly, my biggest takeaway from what I saw of the game was that George Pickens is that dude, so to speak. He looks like he's going to be, you know, maybe not a Justin Jefferson or um, uh, one of those other young guys, but he he could be. He could be that next young receiver that lights up the league. Uh, Just a matter of who's throwing him the ball, which... uh, uh, unfortunately, all three quarterbacks marched down the field with ease against our defense. So that that wasn't fun to watch. Um, but uh, for the Seahawks, what I took away was uh, biggest thing we need to work on is tackling. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the hell happened. You know, rust is understandable, but um, one of the hallmarks of Seattle defense is, is Seattle tackling. Mm-hmm. A lot of other teams show the Seahawk method of tackling video that we have. I, I don't know a ton about that, but I know it's a thing. So I'm not concerned that that's going to be a problem going forward. And I know we were not playing a ton of our starters. Um, but one thing that I <laughs> I think is a problem because he's supposed to be a starter. Cody Barton is not good. I was just going to say the linebackers, I thought, kind of struggled uh, yeah. throughout the game. Uh, I would agree with you on the George Pickens take. I thought he looked very confident. Uh, he kind of pushed around uh, Kobe Bryant, even though Kobe Bryant played some pretty good coverage, especially yeah. on that touchdown catch. The toe tap that he had in the corner of the end zone. Third and 13. This is not ideal for an offensive coordinator or a quarterback, for that matter. Here comes the pressure. Mason Rudolph going to go in the end zone looking for George Pickens, and he makes the catch. Does he keep his feet in? Yes, he does. It's a touchdown. George Pickens. Mason Rudolph's one of the first guys there. As he put it up, let that receiver do his thing, and, man, he's been doing his thing all preseason. You see it right there right now, 13-0 Steelers. Right there by Matt Canada, right, one-on-one on the outside. This is something that people haven't seen. They don't know how much speed that Pickens brings to the table, and here he is catching the feet. one Two and added the touchdown. Ooh, look at that toe tap. Fred Astaire would have liked that one. He's been making these plays all throughout training camp, so this is nothing new to this Steelers organization. That, look, that looked like a veteran play right there. And just George Pickens' size, I can't remember his height and weight, but he looks yeah. like a slender but like a mean business type of receiver. Yeah. Plays bigger than his weight for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh because Kobe's not a small guy either. I think he's just under two hundred and he's like six one or something. That's not a small corner by any means. Yeah, yeah. Um I thought Tariq Woolen looked okay on some plays and I mean he looked young 
uh, yeah. pretty much every play I saw. There was a play where he had pretty good coverage. I think it was on Pickens he was covering on one of the plays, but, I mean, he that guy was just making plays left and right. And yeah. uh, as far as the tackling goes, I'll, I'd agree with you. I mean, the start of the game, they kind of just marched right down the field on us, and I was like, all right, this is bringing me back to the 08-09 season uh. when we just couldn't stop anything and just looked like a inexperienced bad team uh, granted inexperience and bad are two different things mm-hmm. but I, I don't know i i thought i saw some uh age difference there uh, with us and the steelers and i was very surprised at how good mitchell trubisky looked uh he looked yeah. like he was firing on all cylinders to start the game even mason rudolph uh i think I want to say he turned the ball over or we stopped him he, on fourth down, but then he came back and scored a touchdown immediately. He also threw a ball right to Josh Jones's like face. Right. I and he dropped say. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I saw someone comment that he must be taking lessons from Jamal Adams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, um, I, I think, you know, the, the Steelers have a legit quarterback competition going on as well between all three of those guys. I don't think Mason Rudolph is the guy that anyone wants to see starting, so I don't really see that happening. I think it's going to either be Pickett or Trubisky, but I want to guess that Trubisky starts the year for the Steelers and maybe midseason they throw Pickett in. Who knows? Because Pickett, I mean, he started 10 for 10, didn't he? He looked really good. Yeah. It was kind of annoying seeing a dude with gloves pick us <laughs> apart. I was just like, are Tiny you hands. shitting me? We're letting this... Yeah, and he's not like a big, strong dude either. He looks like a dad out there. <laughs> just throwing and having his Drew Brees arms, as I like to call them. Mm. But, but uh, yeah, I think for the Seahawks, because we've been talking about the Steelers a lot, but, I mean, the, we, we talk about everyone on this podcast. Um, I think the player of the game on defense for the Seahawks definitely was Boye Mafe. And yeah, he's, he's someone that um, I remember Pete Carroll saying in a press conference, like all the way back in like March that he looks a lot like Cliff Averill when he plays. And that sack, he got off the edge on Mason Rudolph where he swatted the ball out of his hand and got a strip sack. That was that. If you change his number to 56, you would think it was Cliff Averill. Yeah. It's funny you say that because uh, Michael Robinson during the game was mentioning how Boye Mafe, uh, even like had a stance like Cliff Averill. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of eerie. Cause um, I remember after Pete said that um, I was reading an article on field goals and it did like a, a height, weight and athletic performance comparison between Cliff and Boye Mafe. And they were eerily similar, but Boye is a little faster and more athletic than uh, Cliff Averill was. He's, he's a really good athlete, man. And I think, um, I think you pair him with Daryl Taylor and also, uh, kind of a forgotten guy, but Alton Robinson has like flashed in camp and uh, he didn't play, but Tyreek Smith, the fifth rounder out of OSU. I remember when we were talking about him after the draft, we were kind of just excited that he had experience and played in a big, you know, powerhouse college conference. That's Ohio state, not Oregon state. Just the, yeah. OSU. Yeah. Those can be confused. I forgot. And there's also Oklahoma state. So yeah, I guess I got to be more, you got to say the Ohio state and people will know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need to watch some more college football this year, but, um, anyway, I guess he's flashed at camp, but can't stay healthy, which is annoying. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't see him during the game. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know if he's even going to play in this preseason cause he's been having hip issues, 
Um, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I haven't heard anything about uh, the re- injury report for this week. But um, yeah, I th- I like the pass rush a lot. What I see out of the young guys and the reps I did see out of Tariq and Kobe because they played a ton in this game. Um, they you know took their lumps for sure, especially on the touchdown passes they gave up. But I saw a play where Tariq uh, stayed with Pickens step for step down the sideline and kind of did the like ball got thrown out of bounds. Yeah, that's the play I was talking about earlier where he had a couple plays where he could keep up with the the offense. But I don't know. Everyone's still young. Yeah, I'm not like concerned, although I will say like when we were down 14, nothing. I was like. Wow, I thought that they were going to be way better. I I had my expectations way too high too for really. the defense because in particular. Mainly yeah. because we haven't seen, we haven't really entered a preseason not really knowing anything about our team. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Not not yeah. not knowing, but we've had Wilson so for the past ten years that we kind of know what to expect. So preseason doesn't really matter. But going into this, we have so many new young guys on defense and offense. Like and not th- to mention Bobby being gone too. Yeah. And um, a change of scheme into more of a 3-4, so. Yeah, Derek and Bo, I thought they both looked, especially uh, Derek. He, he got a lot of passes, or he got really heavily involved in the offense, and then the first or second play of the second half, Bo Melton had that check down uh, catch and just took it for like 35, 40 yards. Drew Locke, who was traded as that big part of that Russell Wilson deal, he kind of disappointed in Denver, second round pick in 2019, but he has the athletic ability. And he hits a nice play right there on the flight of Bo Melton. Melton gets away from two Steeler defenders still going, and James Pierre finally wraps him up. That was really impressive to see. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, so about time to switch gears to the offense because we've mostly been talking about Pittsburgh offense versus our defense. Um, Yeah, so I I think um, after watching the game, I thought I was a little bit higher on Bo Melton, but I think Dariq Young might... um, be solidifying a spot on the 53 man roster probably as the number five maybe six wide receiver but a cody thompson the wide receiver we mostly had doing special teams the last couple years but would be on and off the active roster we just put him on ir this week so i think that's another reason and we'll get into this later why we did a certain trade yesterday um but uh, yeah, I think because uh, I looked at after the game, they put out the total snap count of how much people played and in what role. And Derek Young played like 70 percent of the special team snaps. And for the Seattle Seahawks, bottom of the depth chart receiver position, that's the biggest ind- indicator of who's going to make the team. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that he, you know, caught a touchdown and I think didn't they even do some handoffs to him or did I read that wrong in the box score i thought he might have taken I, a hand i can't off. remember to be honest with you well because derek young i mean not to say he's a poor man's anything but it, like you know he, his comparison was uh debo samuel in college mm-hmm. because of the way they used him he lined up at running back i remember lot. that i remember hearing that report about him yeah. yeah so that versatility could could go a long way but yeah Bo looked fast on that check down he took from drew lock mm-hmm. yeah um for me, one of the like 
miscues or I guess uh, one of the letdowns for me offensively was the tight ends. I thought the tight ends could have played a lot better. There was a couple drops that I saw. And they've been hyped up a lot in camp. And Noah Fant caught this pass on the sideline. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was an incompletion. Why didn't the dude drag his toe? I don't You're a professional pass catcher. I swear. Tight end, receiver, I don't care what you are. Yeah. You need to know how to do that, and you need to make that play. When we're just playing catch at the field, fucking around, we make those toe taps. Yeah. Like, and so, I don't know. I, I it, it was pretty inexcusable. Maybe he's thinking it's preseason. I'm not going to, you know, put my body on the line, but, like, didn't like seeing that for sure. No. And you don't want Especially because it was a good ball from Geno. Like, yeah. You know, we'll get into the quarterback competition in a minute, but that was one of Geno's better throws, I thought, reviewing the uh, the tape, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So, Fant, get your foot down. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Colby Parkinson also had a... I mean, that is a guy we keep hyping up every offseason at a training camp because he keeps getting bigger. He's like Jimmy Graham size. He's like 6'7", 265 or something. He took it takes that hit from like a two hundred pound safety and just looks like a little kid. Yeah, totally drops the ball. He had that ball. I mean, it was, it was a, a tough d- ball to haul in in the end zone. Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, the dart he- from Drew. Second down and six. The Steelers defense looking to make some plays. Play action. Lock fires over the middle and it's knocked away. Intended for his big receiver Colby. Parkinson. That was a good pass. Yeah. He should. I'm surprised that he didn't tuck that ball in. I, I mean, yeah. he did get cu- hit immediately, almost. But gotta make those catches, man. It's why it's the. It's not supposed to be easy, man. It's the NFL. You're never gonna. Rarely do you get wide open easy catches unless there's mm-hmm. a blown coverage. But yeah, I, I have to agree. I think I think the tight ends were uh, a little bit of a disappointment for the you know very small sample size we got i i don't did will disley play at all i i I didn't see him but i mean i personally feel like he should have played and gotten out there because he hasn't proven to me that he's an eight million dollar wide or tight end oh maybe that's why they're not playing him they don't want him to get hurt or something again why are we giving him eight million (laughs) dollars he's gotten hurt every season we've had him basically uh, yeah, I I mean, I think we've beat that topic to death a little bit. But yeah, no, it is still like today or yesterday. I was reading an article that he has a total twenty four million dollar contract. And I just because I, I kind of forgot about that. I'm just like, fuck, we really gave him that much money. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think that is the biggest head scratching move in the offseason of what was otherwise a really good offseason, in, in my opinion, for Seattle. Um, yeah. Uh, moving along uh, to the running backs, uh, DJ Dallas surprised me, and I would equate that to the offensive line and how they did. They yes. dominated, yes. I felt. And granted, they were going up against a lot of seconds. for like They weren't going up against TJ Watt or anything like that. True. But it's always positive. Yeah, you would way rather see a dominant preseason offensive line performance than a terrible one, because we've seen plenty of those in the last decade mm-hmm. as Seahawks fans. Um, and on that note, so a bunch of people uh, in the sports writer world have ranked us as the worst offensive line in the NFL. Guess who pro football focus had as the number one offensive line after the first week of the preseason? Us. Yeah. Best and pass blocking grade. Uh, Charles Cross looked like a veteran out there. Abraham Lucas did awesome. And you know what else? They had some awesome run blocking snaps, which was the concern for both of them kind of coming out of the draft. So I, I've been hearing through a lot of reports uh, from, you know, journalists at uh, Seahawks minicamp that 
Abraham Lucas looks like an like a NFL ready right tackle. He mm-hmm. has the size. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see what our two new tackles can do this year in the run game and and the pass game. But mm. the run, run game is our going to be our strength. So and, uh, um, I'll I'll send this uh, statistic to you in post. But I saw this chart that was average average yards before contact um, for rushing offense between all teams in the NFL. Uh, first of all, Chiefs were by far at the bottom, so yikes. But um, we were a full yard above the second-place team. So wow. we, were, we were, on average, allowing like four yards before contact for the running backs. That's how good we were blocking. That usually front. seems like the opposite narrative for us because I know. we have these badass running backs that can just bulldoze people and you know yeah take several hits before they go down like chris carson and marshawn but yeah that's that's pretty insane and even going back like i said dj dallas when has he ever been a like downhill runner like he was being i felt like he was eating up yards every time he got the ball that touchdown pass that he caught Mm -hmm. like it you know it, it was like a seven yard route but it was like a 20 yard touchdown because the rest of it was all DJ. Like yeah. he juked out a guy. He kind of looked a little bit Marshawn esque on mm-hmm. that play, I thought. Yeah, no, very impressive. I was really happy with what I saw because DJ, he's been on the team a couple of years and I always, you know, summed him up as a pass catching running back, maybe not have a very high ceiling. Mm. But I don't know. He looked a lot different out there with, yeah. a, with a, a, you know, capable offensive line that seems to know what they're doing uh which is very uh, exciting to see it's it's like we're watching a different scheme of seahawk offense a totally different philosophy um for the offensive line i mean we're not you know drafting defensive linemen and having them learn how to block anymore so that's part of it Mm -hmm. but um uh yeah uh the offensive line looked great the running backs all four well uh we didn't see penny but um, even down to the fourth string guy, they looked pretty good. Um, Kenneth Walker didn't get too many snaps, but I liked the little wiggle I saw from him on yeah. a check down. We were doing lots of check downs, which, you know, is not going to make anyone cream in their pants, but it's nice to see because a certain somebody, uh, named Wilson did not like to check the ball down and take sacks. Um, so, uh, yeah, even Travis Homer put up a hell of a, I was just going to say, yeah, he, he, I saw him out there. He was pretty active in the backfield. Um, he's also gotten jacked this off season. I don't know if you've seen any pictures, but that dude is like absolutely ripped now, which is good for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I honestly like, this is no shot at him, but he kind of needed to, I felt like, because he's he kind of been, he's kind of been hanging on to the depth chart the whole time he's been on our team. So it's good to see him like beef up and kind of help solidify his role as a running back on this team. Also, from what I've seen out of Travis and DJ both, because they were teammates at Miami, um, they seem like really cool guys that are totally bought into the Seattle culture. So um, I hope they stick around. I mean, it's running backs do not play for long in the NFL, but I think having them uh, um, as the reserves and slash third down running back um, to spell Penny and Kenneth. that's a really great situation to be in and compared to i think you know like 2017 2019 when our running backs were like fat ass eddie lacy and so many injuries in 2019 we're bringing a couch potato marshawn lynch off the street and Mm -hmm. you know playing in the nfl four days later which was awesome i loved that but it was absurd that we needed to do that 
So having that running back depth is great. Um, but with all that out of the way, let's talk about the quarterback competition. Do you think either quarterback really made a like exclamation point statement that I am the starter of this team, or do you think it's still TBD? Uh, I'm going to say TBD, and I'm even going to take it a step further and say I would still like to see us go after Jimmy Garoppolo, especially after uh, seeing the way our offensive line looked. I know you're kind of adamant on not going after a quarterback, but hey, look, nothing is guaranteed. There's no, I mean, how bad do we need to be in order to get a top pick next year for a good quarterback? And even then, that's a coin flip. So, I mean, I don't know. I... I thought I, did, G- I, I thought just Gino- don't want to pay for Jimmy. He's twenty five million. That's that's the biggest reason why I don't want. Well, do I'm it. I'm sure I, whether it be trade or signing, we're not going to give him that amount of money. I will say this: if he is cut, I'm not totally against it. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the regular season starting in a month away, it seems less likely. But um, we'll see. Stranger things have happened for sure. Yeah, but uh, anyway, going to the quarterbacks we currently have, uh, I thought Gino looked slow to start, and then he kind of picked up picked up speed towards the end of the half. Uh, Seventeen to ten, not terrible. I mean, especially on the road. I thought I did think you know what was the second play, third play of the game. He had to call a timeout because he couldn't you know change the play at the offense. That's so annoying. That like, <laughs> dude, you're supposed to know the offense, and you can't even do that on the second or third play. So I thought that was a little bit, you know, head scratcher there. Um, Drew Locke, uh, he looked he looked good. I mean, there was a couple head scratchers. I scratch- think he's clearly much more talented than Geno. Mm-hmm. For, like, his arm is legit. Yeah. He, he has a really good arm. Yeah. The, the last play of the game, you know... <laughs> what can you do? I mean, he's yeah. got, he's got to, he's got to see that. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's the first preseason game. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be too hard on him for that. Um, however, you know, I, I agree. I would rather see Drew Locke out there. Uh, the ceiling is in my opinion, higher than Geno Smith's not sure how low the floor is com- compared to Geno, but yeah. I, I will say, you know, kind of playing devil's ad- advocate to the, to the Drew Locke argument. Do you think it would be easier for all of our rookies to sort of grow and adapt to a guy like Gino being our quarterback, you know, a game manager, so to speak? Um, it would be easier to grow around a guy like that rather than Drew, someone who is also learning with the offense and, you know, maybe going to turn the ball over one to two times more than Gino a game. Uh, takes a little bit of more chances there downfield. Um, maybe more of a gunslinger mentality than a Geno Smith. Do you think that would be good in development with the rookies around him? Because you got to think, I mean, yeah, you have guys like uh, Derek and Bo Melton as receivers. They would have. They're probably not going to be as starting as much. But mm. I mean, I don't know. Someone's got to take the third receiver position on this team, though, because God. Dwayne Eskridge seems determined to never play football while being a professional football player. <laughs> yeah, Very he, frustrating. He, he's still hurt, isn't he? Still hurt. Yeah, what is going on with him? Um, I think it's his hamstring, but I'm like, what the hell did you do to your hamstring? Like, why are you missing so much time from it? It's, it's very weird. Yeah, but 
anyway, that I I don't know. It's it's tough to say who would be who who's going to be the starter week one, just because I do see that upside of okay, we have Gino out there. He's going to be the same thing every mm-hmm. time he goes out. A game manager, not going to put up. 35 points, 30 points, maybe even 25 points a game, but he's going to he's going to keep you in the game. We were only down a touchdown at half. So I mean, yeah. That but to me, I mean, f- my take on the situation is just remember how Gino was for, you know, three and a half games last year. Like he, people say he was horrible. He wasn't. He was not good though. He was basically what I get from watching Gino play is he's basically, he plays like a very lesser Russell Wilson, but actually uses the middle of the field. Um, but what I mean about that is Gino doesn't, when he gets the ball out quick, I have no problem with the way he plays quarterback, but sometimes he hangs onto the ball and tries to be a super athlete. I'm like, dude, you're 31. You were never that athletic to begin with. Like throw the damn ball away. That, Mm -hmm. that first sack he took, Totally his fault. On a Trubisky to Oshesky. Touchdown pass. Here's Gino in this impression. Scott trying to get to him. And he's dragged down from the ankles by Henry Mondo. He had like five seconds to get rid of the ball. And to me, like, I'd rather have Drew throw a 50-50 ball on third and 15, 40 yards down the field that gets picked than watch Gino do that. That's mm-hmm. just my, like... And I'm sure Pete Carroll doesn't feel the same way. But from my point of view, like, I, I hate watching that happen. You know, I hated it when Russ would run around there for 10 seconds and get a 20-yard sack. Because mm-hmm. it's just, like, so dumb. Um, but I think Gino, I mean, the, the good with Gino is he protects the football. The bad with Gino is he protects the football so much. I mean, if he plays all 17 games this year... He's probably going to average like 160, 170 yards passing a game. I don't say that with exaggeration. I don't think Gino is capable of throwing for 300 yards in a game just because of the way he plays quarterback. I'd um, agree. I'd agree with that. And but, sorry, continue. Oh, and I was going to say um, what I saw out of Drew is the offense is more dynamic with him. There's more downfield shots. There's uh, they both did a lot of play action rollouts actually, which I'm fine with. Um, Sean McVay play actioned Jared Goff to almost a 5,000 yard season. So it's easier to play quarterback when you only need to make like two or three reads and they're all going the same direction. So um, I I'm all for the play action, but uh, anyways, I, uh, it was weird cause Gino started slow and then kind of got hot. And with drew, he started hot and then, you know, had the big mistake, which, yeah. which he owned up to, which was nice. Um, I'm not going to be too hard on him on the strip sack because it literally was less than two seconds after the ball snapped. He's killed by a free edge rusher. But the thing that's frustrating about that is I uh, did a little digging and um, I I forget who posted it, but um, he missed a hot read there, a free edge rusher. So all he needed to do was look left, throw the ball over that guy to the check down running back. Mm -hmm. Drew did that the previous drive. It was the same exact situation on the same side. He saw the guy, identified it, hit the running back, got like three yards. Mm-hmm. He just, if he did that on that play, there was no one behind the running back. So he might have gotten like 15, 17 yards on that play. And we're talking about a field goal. Um, so it's, it's a bit frustrating that the mistake he made was a correct decision that he made 
like five minutes, 10 minutes prior. Um, so we'll see. And I'm sure that's the kind of thing that even though Drew is clearly like a better, more talented quarterback than Gino, um, he's younger, more mistake prone. Um, and to summarize where I think this is going, I do think it's Gino's job. Not, I don't want it to be Gino's job. I, I want to see what Drew has, but, um, every single time Pete Carroll talks about it, he says, Oh, it's even, but I like this thing Gino did every single time he talks about it. And mm-hmm. that's going all the way back to when we traded for Drew, um, which is just, it's kind of curious to me for the always compete guy to kind of offhand be making all these remarks and, you know, Drew's not hardly getting any first team snaps. It's like, how can you call this a competition when you're not really ma- letting it be one? Yeah. It seems to me like G or uh, Pete, for some reason, has a love affair with Gino and doesn't really want Drew to take it because it's just like, well, why, why was he part of the trade then? I don't know. It just, it seems a little puzzling to me. Maybe I'm reading way too much into it. And if, if, if Drew, like, I, I think there's some things about Drew that are exciting. Um, but I also do think like, if he is going to turn into be a long-term option for us, he's got to be able to clearly beat out Gino, you know? Mm-hmm. And if he can't do that, it is what it is. So yeah, I'm at peace with the situation. Yeah. And, uh, at some points, I mean, maybe this is a shot in the dark, but I do wonder if it has anything to do with the confidence of Drew Locke because, I mean, yeah, it's great to see him, you know, own up to his mistakes. But if you think about it, all the good quarterbacks never really back down when they say, oh, yeah, that's on me, blah, blah, blah. Like, if, if you think about Russell Wilson, I remember I was listening to uh, a podcast the other day when they were talking about this whole situation. Uh, and. Uh, I think it was Pete Carroll last year said something about changing a play, doing a check down, whatever, uh, to end one of the games that we had lost last year. And they asked Russell the same question because he didn't, you know. Yeah, I remember exactly what you're talking about. And Russell responded, "Uh, I believe in doing whatever you can to win the game, blah, blah, blah. Um, So he, Russell didn't admit or own up to his supposed failures and i think that that is admirable and maybe toxic at the same time because it's hard to say because you're you're the quarterback you have to have a certain confidence in yourself in order to play that position and does drew lock have that i'm not so sure he does i i mean i think he's got a little swag to him um i think what what i really like about drew is he he's very transparent which is a complete 180 from phony baloney Russell Wilson. <laughs> and it's funny that I'm calling him not that now, but like, good God, that some of the things that I'm seeing on his social media are just like, what happened to you, dude? Speaking of which, real quick, I can't, like, we talked about this the other day. I don't know how you're feeling, but I seriously can't believe I'm at a point in my football fandom career, if you'll call it that, where... I enjoy Aaron Rodgers more as a human being than I do Russell Wilson. I'm 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 completely shocked with myself because yeah. ten years ago <laughs> when Aaron Rodgers stormed off the field, stomped off like a crybaby when the you, hell, the, the, fail Mary the fail Mary game. yeah uh, that was fruition. when my that was, hatred for Rodgers that was began, when it started yeah. building because I was like you little baby like, yeah grow the fuck up. And he's got such a pouty face sometimes, but no, I mean, honestly, like I've, I've watched, I've listened to a bunch of Rogers interviews on the Pat McAfee show and his recent, you know, I, I loved 
his whole ayahuasca thing simply because he was willing to discuss that mm-hmm. in um he gets shit on a lot by the like I hate saying this, but the woke media because mm-hmm. of his vax situation, which I mean, at this point, it's whatever, you know, like it's it's 2022. We know all this about uh, the virus, and I don't think anyone's really ultra caring about vaccinating anymore right. um, when it comes to that particular virus. Um, all that aside, um, just like with what I was saying about Drew, I love how Aaron has just been kind of open and honest and actually giving an answer to a question instead of just saying like, oh, you know, well, you know, all glory to God, you know, just I, I'm doing everything I can to help this team win. Like, I, I'm so sick of those answers. Like, I, yeah, g- I love g- give me your honest take on something. Don't give, don't give me coach speak. I loved Aaron when I don't know if you watched the podcast when he was on uh, with Aubrey Marcus. That was the guy that was I need interviewing to him. I just saw a little clip. I need to listen right. to the whole thing. Well, one of the things Aaron lives by that I thought was like, I, I totally respect that is him saying, um, don't be afraid to be unapologetically yourself. Mm-hmm. And you never see stuff like that with Russell Wilson because he's never in honest. Just sports in general. He's, yeah. He's never honest. And it really seems like he has his head in the, uh, the celebrity clouds. Uh, if, yeah. If that makes sense. It, it, he did and not, he did not used to be like this. Yeah, like, genuinely, I I don't think he was like this till about maybe 2019, 2020 is when thing I 2020 when less Ruck when let Russ Cook got copyrighted. That was the first thing where I was like, "What's going on here?" And what's funny is since that game, he has not been that great. I think he's gonna have a statistically good season, and I think they're gonna go. At most, 11-6 and six is my prediction. So mm-hmm. I think their playoff team, I think Wilson's a pro bowler. They have a hard six-game stretch at the end of the season, too. Mm-hmm. I think they play, like, the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Ravens. Um, they play the Chiefs, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, they usually, I think they, they usually load up the schedule with divisional games at the end of the year, which yeah. I love because it makes it interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But... There's a pretty compelling case to be made that the Broncos are the third best team in that division. I mm-hmm. think the Chiefs are going to take a step back this year. Um, but I think Mahomes is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson, especially at this stage in their careers. Right. Um, I think uh, Herbert is looking like he might be the next big thing in the NFL at the mm-hmm. quarterback position. I'd agree with that. I don't really buy into the Raiders as much as some other people. I think they're going to, but I think they're going to be a solid team. That's a team that could split the series with the Broncos. So I'll tell you what, they got a really good offense. They have three yeah, really I, viable ca- pass catchers. I uh, keep forgetting they have Devontae Adams. Yeah. And not to mention Hunter Renfro and uh, Darren Waller. Those are no guys to sleep on, especially Hunter Renfro. Everyone forgets about him because he looks like a balding 34-year-old dad. <laughs> but that dude it, that dude can take a hit and pop right back up. So He can't. I'm, I'm a pretty big Hunter Renfro fan. He also runs some crisp routes. These are such white guy compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Hunter, but it's just it just is what it is, man. Hey, you got to take what you can in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think that's about all we can glean from preseason other than uh, DK Metcalf is extended. I don't expect to see him and Tyler all for but one drive this whole preseason. Um, but let's let's take a let's uh, talk about some baseball for a little bit, because as of right now, Mariners are the top wildcard team. 
but there's what seven other teams potentially at play for that wild card spot. Yeah. So I'm look I'm looking at the uh, the standings right now for the wild card. Obviously, you got Houston, the Houston Astros. Uh, the Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians are winning their division. Uh, that name I, sucks so hard. <laughs> I will never not think that. The only reason why they chose it is because it rhymes with Indians or sounds similar to it uh, or ends in I-A-N-S. That's my theory on why they're the Guardians now. But um, you got, uh, yeah, for the wild card, you got us leading the charge. We're 63 and 54. Then you got the Tampa Bay Rays, 61 and 53. And then the Blue Jays tied with them at 61 and 53. You got the Baltimore Orioles. They're kind of sneaking up. Uh, yeah, they've been on a kind of a hot streak. They've kind of, they kind of remind me a lot of us from last year. We were like not supposed to be where we were. And then we came out of nowhere and won 90 games. So, um, but we got, Every, pretty much everyone in our lineup that we need to have healthy. We got Mitch Haniger. Him being back is huge because he's gotten a base hit in every single game since he's been healthy. Nice. Which really seems like a man on a mission. I almost get the sense that he... I mean, this is totally me making this up, but it almost seems like he like feels bad for missing all that time that he's making up for it with his offense because I'm he sure is- he was anxious because I mean, it seems like the biggest thing that sticks out to me about the Mariners and this is my totally dumbass opinion, but it seems like their team has a good bond and mm-hmm. good chemistry. Oh, yeah. I love this team and I love uh, I mean, we remember Jesse Winker getting in the fight with the Angels. He's pretty much torn them apart since that fight. Had another home run yesterday. You love to see it. Yeah, he had the grand slam a couple weeks ago. He's just been on a tear. And uh, it's really cool seeing Luis Castillo, the guy we traded for. When we gave up, we gave up our fifth, third, and first uh, top prospect in our farm system. And you're like, holy shit, we're giving up everything to get this guy. And even that was my reaction when we got him. I was like... Why did we give up so much for this guy? That's and then I saw him pitch, and I was like, oh, this guy is like Felix Hernandez in his prime. This guy is legit. Jeez, he's playing that he, good? Yeah, he throws uh, he throws a 98-mile-an-hour four-seam, and his slider, or no, sinker is filthy. But, yeah, he's he is easily our best pitcher, better than the Cy Young Award winner, winner we signed from last year in Robbie Ray. And, uh, yeah, it's just really cool to see Julio back and healthy. Um, obviously Mitch Haniger. Cause I mean, if you look at our lineup, we have lead off, we have Julio leading off Ty France batting second. Um, he's also having a really good season, right? Yeah. He was an all-star Mitch. Uh, he's batting over 300 now, which is insane Hell because yeah. when he got hurt, he was batting like 190 with a couple Oof. home runs. Well, I mean, he'd only played like 10 games. Yeah, so it's that's not a big sample size. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's fun because I, I don't watch every game. I, in fact, I hardly watch the whole games, period, mm-hmm. except for the ones that I end up going to. But, uh, I you know, I, I track what's going on every day now because I'm stoked. You can feel the excitement kind of bubbling up in Seattle, especially over Julio. I, I mean, he he's the next big Seattle star right now. Dude, I remember mean, that video I sent you of when he was wearing the cutoff? t-shirt and he was like fielding fly balls in the outfield and he was ripped for some reason (laughs) i mean he only 21 too yeah he's 21 he yeah that's so awesome i was just like holy shit he looks like a wide receiver like with those (laughs) arms why do you have those you play baseball (laughs) and he just he just seems cool like it's it's awesome to have someone on your on your team that's a star young and is just like a cool guy yeah he's one of the most positive 
He has one of the most positive attitudes like I've ever seen in the sport. And but not just like Russell Wilson positive where you're like, are you even sincere? He's like <laughs> always happy, you know, always cheering the team from the dugout. Yeah. He's just he's just really fun to watch. Oh, okay. So one last thing I want to talk about before we sign off. Have you noticed how many former Seahawks from the LOB days have been showing up to practice and have been very involved? I think it's a little peculiar. It's starting to seem like maybe not a coincidence. And you remember all those reports, you know, seven, eight years ago about how there was division in the locker room. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's all bullshit. Starting to seem a little less like bullshit as time goes on, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And just, a, just a little food for thought. Well, and a uh, little side note. This is a little different, but someone on the same lines. Um, I've been hearing from, you know, numerous reports. Uh, Denver training camp. Guess who's been going in and out of the facility willy-nilly like they basically are a member of the team? Sierra. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I've heard a lot of Denver reporters being like, well, is that, is that what went on in Seattle? Uh, did Sierra just, no. Yeah. It really seems like with Russell's move, like he thinks he is the team now. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I think it's taken his ego up a whole nother notch. And, and I'm, I, I'm not, this podcast was never meant to be the Russell Wilson shit show. Um, you know, I still have a lot of respect for the guy for everything he did for us, but it's, I've never seen someone change so rapidly in the sports world. Maybe I haven't been around long enough to see it happen, but mm-hmm. um, it's obnoxious. The way he pulls up to training camp in that space truck looks like a warthog from halo. That thing is, I want that thing to get blown up by a tank. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that video, you know, as, as long as no one's inside it. Like, yeah shoot a missile at it. <laughs> but anyways, I, I just thought that's really interesting. But I God, the fact that Sherman was at our mock game, like that almost brought a tear to my eye. What was he doing? Isn't he still on the Bucks? No, he's a free agent. I think he, he hasn't announced his retirement yet, but I think he's done playing. Don't you think it's a little ironic that he talked like such a big game about how much he hated the media and now he's just a member of the media having a podcast and everything yeah. like that. I but, think that's I so mean, funny. I think he's great at it. No, I and think that's, well, I mean, cause I remember he uh, majored in communication and mm-hmm. I think he's a good communicator. He's a very intelligent man too. Yeah. Sherman Does is someone like he went to the 49ers. He talked a bunch of shit. I was never mad at Richard Sherman. I, I've always loved him. I still have his jersey. I, he's Same. one of my all-time favorite Seahawks. Um, Earl Thomas, a little different story. He seems a little crazy to me. I think he genuinely has some demons and some issues he needs to work out. He might have CTE. He might. Also, his house got struck by lightning and burned down. Did you hear about what? that? Yeah, that happened like a few days ago. He, everyone's okay. His family's okay. But Damn. Yeah. The cards are not going his way. Seriously. Ever since the middle finger, his life has just been on, like... Yeah, he, like... I mean, you can... The list goes on. I mean, the whole brother thing, where we'll not get into that. But then <laughs> then he got turned into a meme when he blocked for Derrick Henry in the playoffs. I oh, mean, yeah. We all remember that. And then, obviously, getting cut by the Ravens due to his yeah. attitude. After he had a pretty good season, too. So. Yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, I think... It's a it's, bummer. I think the issues with that guy and, you know, uh, unfortunately, you, you heard what happened with Brandon Browner, too, right? He's in yeah, prison. Yeah, he's in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, football is a violent sport. 
sometimes violent people play football and they get a lot of head injuries. So it's, yeah, it, it is what it is. But, um, Anyways, to end the podcast on a more happy note, Jonah and I are both going to training camp on Sunday, and I'm going to the preseason game on Thursday. So we will have lots more news for you coming up in just a few days here. Uh, any other closing thoughts, Jonah? Um, No, other than I didn't realize that that was this Sunday. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, just a few days we'll away. Have, uh, we'll hopefully... You know, sneak by some security guards, throw a couple vests on and act like we're members of 710 ESPN, and we'll try and get some interviews. Yeah, I'm trying to make a couple fake press passes. (laughs) We're going to have some good stuff for you in the coming days. Yeah, we'll try and get the printer working, you know, print up (laughs) some interesting mocks on uh, what our passes could look like. Maybe, I don't know, just just some food for thought there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that going. But anyways, thanks for listening if you made it this far, and we will catch you next time. Yep, see you next time.